Amen. So we're talking about understanding prayer. How many of y'all believe you, you, you're good at praying? Amen. Hallelujah. No hand. All right. So I know I'm in the right place. And nobody believes that they know how to pray. So we're going we're gonna to start from the beginning. I know that there are some, some people who, who can pray heaven down, as they say in this church. So uh, I'm not concerned about that. But I want, as pastor, all of us to understand the, the necessity of prayer, but more than that, understand how to pray. So I, I call this series Understanding Prayer. And today, the subtopic of that, listen, I pray that, uh, how many of y'all got your notes out, got something to write with, uh, gave you a nice little bulletin, come on and just, just use it, amen, and take some notes. They say that even, uh, I was talking to my oldest daughter yesterday, Krista, she, you know, she's a teacher, and they talk about all these statistics and how the brain works in learning. And she was saying that you learn more from writing notes than you do from putting, typing in notes. Very interesting. I didn't know that. Didn't realize that. It says that writing using your hand, it, it, it helps retention more than typing. So I thought that was very interesting. So, so if you can, write them. If not, you know, do what you need to do. Uh, some of you all are very comfortable using your electronic uh, devices. So whatever you need to do to capture what we're talking about, I pray that you would do that today. Amen? Praise the Lord. So today, again, we're talking about our Father in heaven. And you may say, well, what does it have to do with prayer? Many of you already know where I'm going, but some of you may not. All right, so I'm talking today to everybody. Not just those who know how to pray, but those who don't, those who don't feel comfortable. So track with me, if you would, through this lesson today, through this discussion, because I believe you're going to take something from it that will help you be able to approach God uh, in a better way. Amen? Praise the Lord. So, so let us look at this. What is prayer? As we talk about, what is prayer? In general, just in simplistic terms, prayer is simply to speak to God or to make requests to God. Very simply. That, that's all prayer is. Prayer is about speaking to God and asking God to meet the needs and the concerns of your life. That's what prayer is. I think we try to make it uh, too hard to pray. But how many of y'all know that prayer is easy? It's just like talking to a friend. Amen. That's what prayer is about. But there are certain tools, there are certain, there's a, there's, there's, there are certain uh, parameters, if you would, concerning prayer that I think will help us. So, so let's look. So prayer is significant in the way that we as believers live our lives. If it's about asking God to meet our needs, how many of y'all have a need in your life? Just raise your hand. Let me see if I'm in the right place. So, so those are things that, that you can take to God. In prayer. Amen? Uh, the discipline of prayer is one that every believer should be well versed in and have some level of skill. Listen, unfortunately, many believers today make statements like this. I don't really know how to pray. Or I've never learned how to pray. That's why I'm doing this series because you'll be surprised at the amount of people who've been in church or been around church for, for many years. They don't really have confidence in their level of praying to God. So I wanted to, to really 
uh, just go through some fundamentals about what prayer is about in this series. It won't be a long series. Uh, it, it may take us through February. It won't be much longer than that. So when we look at prayer and see how important it is, and if we look at how many people don't really feel confident, now you may, but there are many who don't feel confident in their ability to pray. Uh, that means, watch this, that if you're a parent, you may not be able to teach your child how to pray. That's very important that you, that you can pass down to your children a skill, the discipline of prayer. That means if you are discipling someone, a big part of being a Christian is praying. So if you're discipling someone, that means you don't really know how to relay that over to the person that you're discipling. Let me, start, let me put a pin in it right there. Each and every one of you all, I'm, this is why we're having small groups. At some point, every one of us, we need to begin to endeavor in the process of discipleship, discipling somebody else. Everybody. Look at somebody. Just holler down the road. Look at them and say, you should be discipling someone else in your life. We're going to have to get that understanding in this house. That's why we do small groups. It's, it's not just about coming and listening to pastor. At some point, you have to take the information of God that you have from the word and give it to somebody else. All right, I'm, I'm going to get off of that, but we're, we're going we're gonna to come back to that at, at some point. So besides, listen, besides reading and studying the Word of God, prayer is one of the greatest privileges. Everybody say prayer is a privilege. One of the greatest privileges that we have as Christian believers. I submit to you today that every Christian should be skilled to some level in how to pray. Amen. So today I want to begin our discussion with the topic again. We're talking about praying to our Heavenly Father. Everybody say, praying to our Heavenly Father. That's what, we're, that's what we're dealing with, praying to our Heavenly Father. So praying to our Father in heaven may, uh, if you think about it, is really fundamental. And I want to begin with the example that Jesus gave us in Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Many call it the Lord's Prayer, but it's really the disciples' prayer. Because it is the prayer that Jesus modeled or gave the example of how to pray to his disciples, right? John 17 is technically the Lord's Prayer. But this prayer, Matthew 6, 9 through 13, is really... The prayer for us. Okay? Let's read it. Matthew 9, uh, 6, 9 through 13 from the NIV. Let's read it together as a congregation this morning. Let's read. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. So you see right there where I got the title, the topic for this message today. Jesus starts it off right there getting us focused to where our prayers should be sent. Let's begin that again with our Father. Come on, read. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
So that's what we call the Lord's Prayer, but it's really a prayer for us. So this is such a profound prayer in its, in its simplicity, yet it covers a great deal for us who are engaged in prayer. Listen, the idea is not to simply say the exact words. That's, that's not the idea. The idea of what Jesus put before us is a model, is an example of the components that, that should be, that should comprise our prayer lives. There, there are components here. And there are seven petitions that Jesus made. And there are different components that he put into this simplistic prayer that we should all include in our daily prayer lives. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So it's not just about praying in, in word for word. That's not what he's mandating. He's saying this is an example of things that you should consider and have in your prayer as you approach the Father in prayer. So the first thing that we notice is that Jesus states that we pray to our Father in heaven. So Jesus is not speaking of an earthly father, but he's literally speaking of God in heaven. Everybody look up and say, God, I know you're there. I thank you for being there. Come on, just tell them, Father, I know you're there. And, and you know, it's, it's something, I, I say it like that, so you could just begin to understand that your Father, he's always available for you. You don't just have to pray at church. You don't just have to pray. You can pray anytime. He's always awake. He's never asleep. The word tells that he never sleeps. He never slumbers. He's always available to hear your requests. That's a good thing, amen, because sometimes you think, well, is, is he busy? Is he asleep? No, God is always available for you. Amen. He's your heavenly father. Jesus introduces, now listen. Now follow me. Jesus introduces something unique in this prayer, in this discussion of prayer, that was not really known to Israel or the Hebrews or the Jews. Now remember, Jesus, he came up in Jewish, Jewish culture, so, so he's talking to Jews. And you have to, you have to consider what did, how did he, or how is he trying to communicate this thought because it was different. It was unique. Watch this. Jesus says, he says, our father, he says, our father. I'm going to say it one more time. He didn't say your father. He said, our father. Is that right? He said, our father, which means that God is his father as well. Amen. Praise God. So, because why? Jesus is the son. Capital S-O-N. Everybody say, Jesus is the son. So, God in heaven is his father as well. I need y'all to follow me because I'm, I'm getting to a point. So, in certain places, watch this, in the Old Testament, father was used in reference to God. There are some places in the Old Testament that they said father of Israel type of, 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 of thought of speech. They, they talked about God being the father who delivered, who, who saved Israel out of different issue, issues and troubles. and all. So, But that's really, that's a little different. There's nothing wrong with that. They saw God father as the one you bow down to, you worship, but he's far away. He's transcendent. He's not really close. He's, yeah, he's God. He's alive. He's our provider. He's our sustainer, but he's far. But watch this, Jesus says something new. 
He told his disciples to pray, watch this, come on, listen, pray directly to God as though he were right there with you. Not far away, but you pray directly to God. Now, this is what I want to get to. Watch this. Let's turn to Mark 14, 35 and 36. We, we really need to see this today. Mark 14, verses 35 and 36. This is how Jesus, the only unique, the original son, this is how he prayed to the Father while he was on earth. Watch this. This is right before he went to the cross. Mark 14, 35 and 36. He says this. Going a, a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed. He was talking to his father. That if possible, the hour might pass from him. And he says, watch this. Abba. Everybody say, Abba, Father. So he called God in heaven, Abba, Father. All right, and, that, and that's a... That's an Aramaic term, just pour right into, uh, just pour right into our Bible, Abba, Father. And he said, everything is, is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. So Jesus was praying, and he said, Father, I'm about to go to the cross. I'm about to, to take on the sin of the world. If there's another way to do this, let it be done. And then he said, but it's not my will, Father, it's your will. Abba, Father. Everybody say, Abba, Father. Listen, listen, you, you need to write this down. This is so important. Now, this is the way Jesus prayed. Now, remember in Matthew 6, he, he, he said, look, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to show you how to pray. He says, our Father. So he already brought us into that thought. Now we look at his personal, individual prayer to the Father, and, and he's saying, I call him Abba. Jesus called him Abba, Father, and in, in the... Um, in, in the Hebrew culture, listen, Abba was a word that Jesus used for, uh, or that children used for their fathers to show a certain intimacy, a, a, a certain caring relationship. So in our culture, listen, Abba is very similar to when we call our fathers daddy. So when Jesus said Abba, father, it was like he was saying daddy. My daddy. That's how he prayed. He was so close to God. He said, he was, it was like he was saying, Daddy, Daddy, hear me, Daddy, I'm asking you, Daddy, I'm asking you of this. That was Abba when they used it in, he, in, in the Hebrew culture. That's how it was used. So, so Jesus said he prayed, Abba, Father, Daddy, God. Now watch this. The Apostle Paul writes something in Romans 8.15 that we need to pick up on as we're talking about prayer. Watch this. Going in the same line. Romans 8.15. Oh, this is so powerful. Romans 8.15. Say amen if you have it. <clears throat> Watch what he says. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received, come on, keep going, brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. I'm going to read that in another version. It says, for you have not received a spirit of slavery. This is the Amplified. Let me see if we have the Amplified media. Yes. Watch this. 
For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading again to fear of God's judgment. You know, a lot of times when people go to God, they fear that he's going to judge them because of their sin. They fear, but we don't have to worry about that in Christ. Amen? We did not receive the spirit of slavery leading again to fear of God's judgment, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. The spirit producing sonship by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father, Daddy, God. We have the same privilege that Jesus used. We have the same closeness that Jesus had. We can go directly to the Father in heaven and call him Daddy, Father, because we're close to him. We don't have to go into judgment because we are coming near to him. We don't have to feel guilt. We don't have to feel shame because of Christ. We are close, so close to God that we can call him like Daddy God. When we call him Father, we're saying, you are personal to me. You're not transcendent. You're not far away. You're personal to me. Everybody just lift your hands and say, Father God. When you say Father, you know something, and I, I say this all the time. Listen, I say this all the time. I hear a lot of believers say God, God, God. They say God, God all the time. You, but I, I just want to say, I just want to stop the conversation. Can you ever say father? God is your father. Father God. You can say God. Can you just put father on the front of it sometime? God is kind of generic. But when you put father on, father God. Come on, so everybody say father God. Somebody say Abba Father. That's who he is to you. He's not far from you. He's not so high and lifted up that he can't touch your life. No, he's intimate with you through Christ. Praise God, man. And I love this. It says that we have been adopted as sons. Don't, don't let that get away from you. Jesus is the son. But we've been adopted as sons. And the Bible tells us now that we are co-heirs. We are joint heirs with Christ. Whatever Christ has, guess what? We share in it. We are sons of God. And you may say, well, Pastor, I'm not a, a, a man. I'm a, I'm a woman. Well, spiritually speaking, all of us in Christ are sons. Why? Because the sons get the inheritance. In the old, in the old way of looking at Bible speak, sons get the inheritance. So you want to be a son in this, in this instance, right? It's spiritual sonship. You want to be a son. Now watch this. Listen. Let, you got to listen. Don't, don't, don't let sleep in this. And, and, and you should have gone. Look at somebody say, should have gone to bed last night. Come on, just tell me. Should have gone to bed last night. Should have gone to bed. I know you were coming to church. Should have gone to bed last night. Now watch this. When Paul wrote Romans, we just, this is in Romans, when he's talking about being adopted into sonship, and now we call God Abba Father. Watch this. Paul was writing to the Roman culture. And in Roman culture, they would take sons that were not in the natural family. They would adopt children. They would adopt sons. And in the Roman culture, they, once they were adopted, they treated those adopted sons just like they were 
natural birth sons. So what is Paul saying to the Romans that he's saying to us? When you get adopted by God, God sees you like his natural son. You get all the rights. You get all the rights. You share in what my original son, that's why Jesus is called the only begotten son. He's the original son. He's the original, true, and distinct son. But we follow up after Jesus, not as the capital S-O-N, but we have, we're little S-O-Ns. Come on, somebody say, thank you, Lord, for making me your son in Christ. Come on. Someone say, thank you, Father, for, for making me your son. You adopted me into your family. And because, you, Father, you adopted me into your family, I now have the privilege of praying, Abba, Father. I have the privilege of saying, Our Father in heaven. And then ask you, ask of you whatever I need. Man, that changes the whole perspective of our prayer, doesn't it? God is not, let me, let me tell you, God is not mad at you if you're in his son. God is not angry with you. God is not holding a stick over your head, ready to beat you every time you mess up. How many of y'all know that at the end of the day, Jesus covers you? Now God sees you through his original first son. So when God looks at you, he doesn't see your mess. Let me say it again. When God looks at you, he doesn't see your mess. He sees his son. And not only that, he has made you a son. Oh, lift your hands one more time. Come on. Now maybe you need to clap on that one and say, thank you, Lord, for this spiritual adoption into sonship. So we don't have to approach God and be worried about being judged and, and fear him and in shame. No, we can approach him through Christ and call him Father. Praise the Lord. So this is why Jesus says, when you pray, call God our Father, because we corporately join in with him and the whole body of Christ recognizing that God in heaven is our Father. Let's look at this in the King James Version uh, media. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Everybody read this with me. Read. Let us therefore come boldly. Let, let's say that. Let's just stop right there. I, I love that word. Let, let's start it back over. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. In other words, through Christ, because we've been made sons, we can come boldly before God the Father without fear. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. How many of y'all need help sometime in your time of need? Hey, guess what? You, you can go boldly before the throne of your Father. And receive grace and mercy. Hallelujah, man. Let's look at the Amplified. I, I love the Amplified on that. Let's look at the Amplified. and see what it says. Therefore, watch this. I told you prayer was a privilege. Therefore, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace. That is the throne of God's gracious favor. With confidence and without fear. 
so that we may receive mercy for our failures. How many of y'all ever failed in life? Well, your Heavenly Father is offering mercy today. He's offering mercy today. He said, so that we may receive mercy for our failures and, and find his amazing grace to help in time of need. An appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. That's your Heavenly Father. He can deliver what you need at just the right moment. Come on, you need to breathe that in. Thank you, Father, for that just in the right moment. <laughs> Hallelujah, answer to prayer. That just, that right on time answer. Somebody say, thank you, Father, for the right on time answer. The just in time answer. The when I can't figure it out answer. You deliver when I need an answer. Somebody need to say, thank you, Father. That's what you offer. Praise God. Why wouldn't you pray? God is offering mercy for your failure and amazing grace to bring you what you need at just the right time. Why would look at somebody and say, why wouldn't you pray? Man, I love that thought, man. Thank you, Father. Somebody say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Come on, say, thank you, Father, for your grace, for your mercy. You love us so much that you, you took us out of hell. You, you, you forgave our sin. You redeemed us by the cross, and you brought us to yourself, and you said, just pray to me, and I'll give you what you need. When you ask, that's who I am to you now. And he says, I'm not Finding judgment. You don't have to be full of shame and guilt and fear. No, I'm right there for you. Because I'm your father in heaven. Mm. Praise the Lord. So in his teaching, Jesus says to, to pray our father. Now watch this. How many of y'all know that we can't have a personal relationship with God, holy God, without being cleaned up first? We can't go to holy God on our own because we were sinners. Dead in our sins, which means what? We were separated from God. Sinners cannot go know God as Father. Listen to this. We can know God through what Jesus did for us. That's how we get to know God. That's why, everybody look up. How can we call God our Father? Because sinners, listen. Sin, everybody look. Everybody say, I'm listening, Pastor. Sinners can't call God Father. They don't even know him to call him Father. So how do we get to call God Father? What we, what we commemorated today. The cross of Christ. What Jesus did for us, he redeemed us, he saved us, he took our sin. So now, because he paid our sin debt, and we are forgiven by God, we now can call him Father. Let's look at 1 Timothy 2.5 for a moment. 1 Timothy 2.5. 1 Timothy 2.5, uh, NIV is fine. For there is one God... And one mediator between God and man, 
the man Christ Jesus. So Jesus stands in between holy God and sinful man, and he mediates for us. He intercedes for us. And because of that, we now can come to the Father through Jesus in prayer. Amen? Watch this. John 16, 23, NIV. John 16, 23. Quickly, let's, 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 let's kind of move on with this. John 16, 23. Jesus told his disciples in that day, he's talking about right now, because he's about to go back to heaven with the Father. He says, in that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Verily, truly, I tell you, my Father, everybody say, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. So not only can we go to God and call him Father, but we can do that through Christ. And now Jesus is saying, in my name, if you go to him, you, he'll give you what you ask. Whew. Look at somebody again and say, why don't you pray again? Why don't you pray? Jesus focuses our prayers on the Father in heaven who is the provider of all grace, blessing, and favor. Hallelujah, man. Watch this. Let's look at Matthew 6, 6 for a moment. We need to just, I'm about finished, but I need to kind of set this up so you can leave something with something you can use today. Matthew 6, 6. Watch what Jesus says. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your who? Father, who is unseen. Then your who? Father, who sees what is done in secret, talking about your prayer time, he will do what? Reward you. Philippians 4, 19. Very familiar passage. Come on. Philippians 4, 19. Read it with me. Read it real loud. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. So through Christ, all of our needs are met. By who? God the Father. A lot of times when, when the Bible says God, it's talking about the Father because we just, it's, it's talking about Christ and the Father. So, and my God, or the Father of heaven, will meet all your needs according, will meet some of your needs, all your needs. Can y'all believe for all needs being met in your life today? Every need. It don't mean it's a magic thing like everything's going to be right tomorrow. But you, you got to start looking by faith up to God and believing that your heavenly Father got your back. Come on, can you preach that? Look at somebody and say, your heavenly Father got you. Come on, just tell somebody. Say, say to somebody that's your heavenly Father, he got you. He got you. He got you. He said, just come boldly without fear of judgment and shame. And I'm offering mercy and grace if you just come. And if you come through my son, I meet all your needs. Whoo, man. Man, this thing is set up for us to win. It's set up for us to win. Now, it doesn't mean that we're not going through some stuff, but it's set up for us to be sustained through the issues of life. 
and to eventually walk up out of that with the victory because our heavenly father is big enough is strong enough to take care of our stuff mm. man and I was, I was putting this I said father God Abba father Mm. God is good, man. God is sovereign. He can do whatever he want to do, but he has left room for us to come to him as children, as sons, and ask in his son's name. And he said, I'll give you what you request of me because you're coming in the name of my son. I guarantee you, if I passed out the mics, and so I, I have all kinds of folks coming up here saying, Pastor, I know it. I've seen it. I can testify to it. That God is an answer of prayer. God can do stuff that I can't do on my own. I've seen it. So the Father's provision comes through Christ. Hallelujah. And what he obtained for us on the cross. Next week, we're going to talk about what it really means to come in the name of Jesus. Because I think it may mean more than what most of us may think it means. So we're going to help define what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. But this week, I just wanted to get in your mind and your heart that we pray to our Father in heaven who said that he would Hallelujah, grant us grace and mercy in our time of need and give us what we request of him through his son. Oh, somebody give God some praise right now. Come on and give God some glory.